Welcome to That's Her Business. I'm your host, Rosie Allen. On this podcast, you'll find conversations with entrepreneurs, corporate ladder climbers, and generally just real women working in business like you. Consider us your work bestie, here to provide some actionable advice on the day-to-day grind. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Justina Langone. Justina is an old and dear friend of mine. She is an inspiring entrepreneur and owner of Remedy Exchange, a superfood cafe located in Wakefield, Massachusetts. In this casual conversation, listen as Justina and I discuss her path, the logistics of running a five-year business through a pandemic, and just generally what inspires her from her holistic approach to health and beyond. Welcome to the podcast, Justina. Hey, Justina. Hey, girl. What's going on? How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you for coming you. and being here and chatting with us. And your puppy. What's his name? Bubaloo. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's very upset. The attention is not all on him. So I know. Well, he can be on the podcast, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So for everyone listening, Justina and I go way back, all the way back to high school, actually. Um, But Justina is an entrepreneur at heart. She started her career as a personal trainer, working her way into learning nutrition and weightlifting um, and bodybuilding. And now she owns a superfood cafe located in Wakefield, Massachusetts. So, Justina, I'll let you – that was, like, a super brief (laughs) description (laughs) of what you've done, but I'll let you give the official. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, my – thanks for the the easy little rundown on my resume. (laughs) Um, The short version, should we say. You forgot the lemonade stands when I was, like, Rose as we talked. All right, well, tell tell us about the lemonade stands. (laughs) Um, Rose and I were actually having a little prior conversation to the pod and we were just laughing about the entrepreneurial spirit and how I think I, I don't know if they're made or born entrepreneurs, but, um, my mom to this day laughs about the fact that when I was like six, um, I, I physically made my own lemonade stand and, uh, I just sold what I could like out at our campground. And then when I was in high school, I remember I used to buy things at TJ Maxx and um and I would bedazzle like heels and I'd <laughs> like the gems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um and I also knitted scarves and I sold them at like a friend's shop or something. So it is oh right? You've been on it. Yeah. So but um so my I feel like the I mean it is. It's it's been since the day I came out the womb, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but in real talk, um, so my first uh, my first business was um, so I went to UMass Amherst where Rose and I also attended uh, college Ooh. together. Yeah, minute minute men for life. And uh, in college, I started competitively bodybuilding, and in the bikini division, and that was super cool. So I, I swam uh, I swam on the club team in college, and so I've always been an athlete. But the bodybuilding thing was an incredible journey in itself, and it really made me fall in love with the like a, the aesthetic part of nutrition and how mm-hmm. you could look a certain type of way. And that just rolled into this, how you could feel a certain type of way, especially um, my when my dad got sick and I just felt like Western medicine was kind of doing him a disservice by not 
sending him to nutritionists and trying to holistically adjust his life rather than, you know, yeah. just sending the chemo. So, um, but that's really where the love for uh, nutrition and this like um, healthy, like obsession with health and well-being kind of came into play and knowing that it's not also just the food that we eat, but the, it's a lifestyle, it's mind, body, and soul. And, um, what was I going to say? So from there, uh, when I got out of college, I, I entered the corporate world. It just really wasn't for me. Learned that pretty quickly. (laughs) And I think that again, was that entrepreneur spirit kicking in where I was like sitting in the cubicle doing sales. Yeah. You're restless. Yeah. This is terrible. I like felt like I saw a glass ceiling real quick. I just, I needed to be let out the cage. And, um, so I started uh, my personal training business, which mm-hmm. was Just Fit with Justina. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, catchy. It was fun. And I was just really just doing one-on-ones. And a lot of it was actually really just friends and family, clients at my bar that uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be working at a really nice restaurant at that point. So I had a lot of high-end clients that um you know had personal, had gyms at their offices and whatnot so I would go train oh, okay them. yeah so, you're doing hos- so you were doing hospitality on the side and then doing personal training basically like in the mornings or during the day yes yes gotcha and gotcha. that's where that I mean as you know too Rose like the the service industry right is always just a great side hustle at all times and it's nice it you kind of just get to be a different version of yourself sometimes when you're there um yeah it's, definitely it's taught me so much about the world and you know paying attention like hard work (laughs) yeah i mean anyone that needs that would that's a big anyone that works in like customer service should work in hospitality first because all of those hard lessons of like the customer's always right comes Mm -hmm. from there like that will i don't know from my experience working in hospitality will put you in some of the worst positions possible where you have to like remain positive and like figure out a good outcome for everyone yeah absolutely like meet in the middle somewhere or like um mm-hmm. also put your ego aside too and just yeah definitely that's, brand, right that's a good point yeah yeah so um yeah personal training and nutrition that was great those were some of the the best years of, of my life I feel like because I just I really like clients turned into family and it was such a one to this day. I still talk to a handful of people I personal trained with and I, I opened a business with some people I personal trained with. Um, so I met my, my part, my two partners, it's a husband and wife when I was personal training and, uh, a long realized they were clients of yours. Yeah. Yeah. So they were personal training clients and, um, Along that way, like, again, touching upon the previous conversation you and I were having, Rose, about just all these ideas we always have swirling in our brains and we're writing mm-hmm. things down. And I always used to use the phrase, um, you know, I tell people to that are like, I just want to start something. And I'm like, just throw a bunch of darts at the dartboard and see what sticks, you know, like it's that's really what you just got to pursue it all and see what yeah, lights you up and what gets momentum. And so for me when I was doing the personal training and nutrition, I did, I was enjoying it. Um, and I also just felt like it, I mean, it wasn't quite enough, like the one-on-one, I just needed mm-hmm. to reach a broader audience. And then the, that that's when kind of social media became a real thing. And people like, you know, be an influencer. Right, you know, right, right. On Instagram on and stuff. Pre-taking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. And yeah. that didn't quite feel right. But, but along 
simultaneously while I was doing all of that, I, um, I always had this joke that I was going to open up a smoothie shop because I just loved smoothies. That was my biggest thing I promoted to my clients. We said this before, but it's always like a joke. Yeah. Um, but deep down you're dead serious and <laughs> you like have to tell other people like, I'm kidding. I might do this, but low key in your own head, you're like, I'm going to fucking do this. This is, yeah, this damn is straight. real business. Yeah. I always had, I had like a vision of myself and like you and I both lived near the North end of Boston mm-hmm. and I used to walk by the juicery and it was this little hole in the wall, but like, I always kind of saw myself yes, I in a sports bra, said. like looking fit, like <laughs> slinging smoothies, dude, being a little smoothie barista behind mm-hmm. the counter. And then I was like, oh, I can run my nutrition business out of that too on the side. Like I'll, I'll get somebody to make the smoothies. I'll just come up with the recipes and I'll, and I'll come up with, um, you know, I'll do nutrition counseling on the side in like a side yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. And that was the vision I saw like jokingly, but did mm-hmm. too. <laughs> and but five years later. <laughs> and like, you have a and, yeah. So, and then it all, it all really came to fruition, I, I feel like the universe really recognized that I was serious when um, a friend and I printed out bank, blank business templates. And mm. I remember, it's funny, I remember them like shooting out of my printer. And I just like, <laughs> I literally Googled like blank business template. And like, we went to business school, right? We've done SWOT analysis before. We've done all that fun stuff. Is your degree in business or? Sports management, actually. Sports the- management. Okay. I was yeah. wondering like. So did you teach yourself nutrition or was that part of your degree? Mm-hmm. So nutrition is, um, I can thank a, a bad ex-boyfriend for a lot of the nutrition <laughs> introduction, <laughs> but um, he, he taught me everything he knew. And then uh, I, I took off from there. So, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it was YouTube taught on YouTube, um, YouTube books, Google just everything I could literally set my eyes to. And set my testing it, to. I'm sure, on like yourself and your clients, right? Exactly. And then even when I started bodybuilding, I had a coach and she came up with a plan for me. Um, and re- the reality is with bodybuilding, you often need more of a friend than a coach. And so yeah. her and I didn't work out. Um, but I learned a little bit from, I took a little bit from that. And then I took a little bit, like I said, from YouTube and bodybuilding.com and just all these things I could read and, and um, other people I could check out their testimonials and stuff. And, and I did, I kind of just played a big experiment on myself and um, I learned just, how to count, count my macros and all that fun stuff. Can you talk about bodybuilding for a second? Like what is the because I don't think a lot of people know, like, what is the day in the life of a bodybuilder? Like, what – I imagine it to be kind of an isolating lifestyle because you have to have a lot of discipline, no? 100%. Yeah. It is. It's um, – isolating, I think, is a great word. It's – so a day in the life is – I mean, you wake up. Um, your first move is, you know, start to get down your water. You usually mm-hmm. check out your abs in the mirror, you know, <laughs> I like you, you like you get a good look, look at yourself nice and fasted. And then um, from there, you wake up water. Sometimes there's supplements first thing on an empty stomach, head to the gym, fasted cardio is a huge element. You're usually doing that five, five to some people do it seven days a week. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and that's usually 30 to 40 minutes of Stairmaster or some kind of HIIT training that's mm-hmm. really going to just burn up those calories and get you at a deficit already. And then from there, you get into your 
uh, usually do about six, five to six small meals a day, um, mm-hmm. spreading them out, kind of graze mentality rather than these bigger meals. Yeah. And drinking about a gallon and a half to two gallons throughout the yeah. day, lots of supplementation. <laughs> um, and it's big meals. That's actually the misconception that a lot of people uh, get surprised by is they think that you're kind of starving yourself and you're actually eating a lot, a lot of food. Yeah, like I feel like it'd be hard to eat that much food. It is. And especially as you kind of get tinier, you're just like, whew, you're like huffing by the end of it. Um, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. And it is. It's But it's like it, in the beginning, you know, there's a taper system to it. It's not always – it's not always super bland, but by the end, I mean, it's, it's like boiled chicken and rice and all that just super basic food, um, Mm -hmm. like paleo style or caveman style, should we say? And, um, yeah, so you're, you're working out first thing in the morning and then you get into normalcy and normal life. Meal prepping is a big part of your week. Usually do it twice a week just so it stays fresh. Cause God knows when you meal prep, if the food doesn't taste good, you, you just don't want to eat it. It just doesn't. Absolutely. Make yeah. Yeah. And then some Which point. I'm sure later, a lot of people are going through right now since it's January and all the new year's resolutions are rolling in without a doubt. Oh yeah. Now, as I said, I'm sure that all the gyms are packed right now, to say the least. <laughs> but yeah. And then later on in your day, you are um, working out again. You're usually getting your heavier lifts and you start out with some heavier lifts. And then as you, you know, over a 14 to 16 week prep period, you increase your sets, you lower your weight, increase your sets. So you can just tone it up, tone it up, tighten, tighten, tighten. So what are, what are like your best takeaways? Would you say from like that period of your life? So, um, the isolation part, like you said, it was like almost learning how to communicate to people um, or not being unapologetic about your goals and really just yeah. to your goals, getting, putting your head down and just really making it happen. Um, mm-hmm. And again, not, not being worried about what other people have to say because family was a big thing for me. Um, I felt kind of judged by my family and they, you know, as they saw me get leaner and leaner, my like mom misunderstood. Yeah. And exactly. There was concerns there of is the, how extreme is this? Is this really healthy? And Mm -hmm. you kind of just get grumpier too. Sometimes (laughs) you're angrier. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the biggest takeaway, I, I was really, um, it was just one of those, one of those obviously extremes or goals that I just truly put my, set my mind to. And, and I think it reminded me when I did conquer it and I, I achieved the physique that I wanted um, that I truly can do anything with, with the right yeah. plan in place and the right support. And, um, and then also like physically looking at your body, it, it was just, it was just such a, such an experience to see what's really underneath or like what you, what your body is capable of mm-hmm. when pushed to the limits. Yeah. I mean, talk about, I feel like that is the limit. Like <laughs> you pushed yourself all the way there. Yeah. Um, but I f- I mean, we've talked about your cafe. I've obviously been there. It's amazing. And it's called Remedy Exchange. And I think a key part of that is that you use food as a remedy instead of medicine. And so is that something that came out of like this period of your life? Or is it something that's always been with you? Like, where did you grow up eating the healthiest foods possible? Like, how did that come about for you? 
So I, um, and it's, it's it, it, you just brought back like a memory that I remember my mom saying to me when I really got into nutrition is she had a moment, she like apologized to me. She was like, I'm so sorry as a kid, I didn't like teach you better. And I didn't, you know, provide, give you better food and like more balance. Yeah. My mom, they didn't know. Yeah. That's what I said. I said, you, I think they didn't know. They did. You had no idea. You always, you you know, you always put the food in front of me that I wanted or I needed like whatever Mm -hmm. you're, you know, within your capabilities, you, you always provided. And I said, mom, it's just, it's a new age. Right. And, um, definitely let me, let me, instead of saying, I'm sorry or whatever, let me educate you and help give you a better quality and longer life. For sure. That's such a good point. I think people are so much more health conscious now. And even there's still, obviously, there's always like more learning to do about food and what it does for you. But I know like my mom didn't know anything about food. She's from, she's born and raised in the projects in Southeast. So she grew up eating, I don't even know what, like struggling to even find food sometimes. So for her to like buy me stuff like Hot Pockets, she was like, this is a luxury product. This is expensive thing that I'm going to feed my daughter. Now looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I would eat Hot Pockets after school every day for like five days a week. That's horrible. Every day. There's so many things that I had like staple ramen noodles like yes. staple items <laughs> yeah, I just that would like I was you were just good at microwaving them or whatnot yeah. but it, it was my mom was one of nine too and it was more so about like how to stretch a meal out rather than um be calorie and quality dense so yeah, for sure but um yeah no the it was it was later in life to be honest it was the the trigger the pivot point for me was when my dad got sick and it was um more so a little bit after actually like when around when he had passed away and mm-hmm. um i just remember asking my mom you know did they ever send him to a nutritionist cuz i really wasn't involved with a lot of his treatment plan right yeah and she said she was like no i mean they she goes they gave him some basic nutrition advice and in no doubt, I don't think you could have changed the man's habits from his black coffees and Italian subs, like, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, nonetheless, it just made me a little sad that they didn't try to, you know, plant many seeds and whatnot. And it was just, you know, very chemo based. So in hindsight, I think from being introduced to the, you know, the bodybuilding world and, and nutrition on that side, it just, it, it was really just part of that snowball for me of seeing, um, as I went down that rabbit hole, really understanding and like reading all these cases of people that cured themselves from cancer through completely 180ing their diet. And, um, yeah, it was just really inspiring for me and it, and it stuck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely think that's like a whole nother tangent that we won't get into, but I feel like pharmaceuticals are just a staple of capitalism. And while they heal some people, there's very little just education on what food can do to heal you and and what is in food and what chemicals are out there and stuff like that and stuff we interact with every day. A thousand I mean, I'm not an expert on that, but no, it's overwhelming too. Even to this day, mm-hmm. I like I'm actually I'm writing like a little ebook right now and I'm just trying to simplify like healthy eating and living. And yes. I do, I get, hit with, I get hit with questions all the time about, you know, what's the trick and like, what's, what do I avoid and this, this and that. And I got to be honest, like my, my general takeaway from all my experience is 
is really to like kind of deal with your emotional baggage, you know, just address, you know, whatever it is that might not make you happy on a daily basis and your mentality. But dude, you in this day and age in this environment, like we can't avoid the bad stuff. We can't. It's just we all we can control is how we process it. Like again, body, mm-hmm. mind, and soul. And then there are some things that you can take to like again help your body um, process like they call them adapted adaptogenics and it just helps your body absorb kind of the bad stuff and, and process it in a healthier way. That's going to leave you better than it found you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Just see this. So tell us about your business now. Tell us about kind of the success and where you are and then we'll go back and see like kind of how you started out. Yeah. So the business now we are in our fifth year of, of business. It's Congratulations. So well, it's one of those that things. That went by so fast. Like <laughs> I, I, it's the closest Maybe thing I got to you. being a mom, you know? Is yeah, absolutely. Watching your baby grow up before your eyes, like in a blink, mm-hmm. a blink of an eye. And I'm sorry if this background noise. My It's okay. It's <laughs> um, the puppy. That's it. He's just, I gotta let him do his thing. Um, He's, he's my background, my, my backup singer. <laughs> Um, but so the business, we're in our fifth year of business right now. And it's been an incredible journey. No doubt. We, I have to admit it's, we like look at the numbers, right. And there's not quite predictability because of what we have faced in these last few years as yeah, absolutely a world. And, you know, we opened our first year, we had a great year. Our next year was killer. Knock it out of the park. And then COVID hit and that was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, this is wild. What do we do with this? We embraced delivery. Um, I had no staff. That was interesting. And then, but we made it, we made it out. And that in itself, no matter what the numbers said was such a success. And yeah. last year, you know, we, we kind of had the aftermath of COVID. Like there was a little bit of trickle effect. And even this year was this interesting thing. Like, you know, this summer people were really, I think, um, pursuing, what do they call it experiential or like experiences rather Mm -hmm. than you know spending a lot of their money on products so we still did great and we you know we saw a lot of the same you know figures as last year but we haven't just had like a nice consistent two or three years to really base a lot of things off so it's it's really been this roller coaster as a first time business owner of of a brick and mortar but um that being said I can absolutely say there's been so much growth every year, whether it's money-based or just mm-hmm. as a brand as a whole, we have, we're just so like our, our brand recognition has spread far and wide. That's can, awesome. Yeah. So that's where I really try to, as much as it's one of my goals for 2023 to be more numbers oriented, mm-hmm. because I found that in the beginning, I've never really been a huge numbers person. I just, that's not it's funny because actually bodybuilding, like everything can be numbers based. And maybe that that's why I like took a hard left. From yeah, yeah, yeah. After, yeah. Um, but um, it's what it is. It's one of my goals to be more numbers based this year. But I think when you get going, you just like, you got to just put your head down and work. And you're like, I just need to like, I physically need to be in the operations and just, just really just make, get this ball rolling and like be conversating with people and not like, lose sleep over the daily, the daily numbers or the weekly monthly right, numbers. Right, right, right. So, um, 
but to say all that, uh, I'm so proud of like the, even like, like all factors considered how much the brand has truly grown in five years and just our customer base, our, just all, all things we are, we're, we're having, a, we're having a great time and we are, we've grown up. I feel like my baby's like a teenager now. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think what I love about your business, I know I saw you guys were doing like some catering for local businesses and events and stuff like that. But I love that you guys have like local art on the wall. You have, um, you host yoga and, and different events for the community as well. I think that's so needed today. Like, I don't know, people, money is super important. Otherwise we all wouldn't be here talking about business in general, but creating that community, it sounds like you did that pretty organically um, and built it up over the years. And I think that that's super important for your business as well. It, we, you know, like I, one thing that makes me laugh a little bit, side note is people will always be like, Oh, like, where did you learn how to start a business? Or like, where did this get going for you? And then they'll, then they'll be like, Oh, you went to business school. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like with all due respect to the Eisenberg school of business and Amherst, I, that that's not really where I learned how to like pursue the business thing. It was just a, like a, what do they call it? Um, a uh, passion project. It was. Yeah, you learn as you go, for sure. Yeah. And we just were having fun with it, you know, again, throwing darts at the board. Back to that, just like when you get going, you dive so hard into your community and trying to meet people and getting your name out there. You're attending every event you can, you know, you're doing like 80, 90 hours a week, just showing your face and shaking hands where you can, mm-hmm. almost like a politician. And, um, you know, with the events and, and then you see now at this point, I kind of, I've learned a little bit about what works for us, like where we kind of fit in a little bit. And I'm willing to still try some new things out. Other things I'm like, I genuinely am like, I just don't think that that kind of has a lot of value. Yeah. I mean, you're the expert in your business. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, what advice would you give someone that like has an idea, they want to start a business What are some of those, if you can like think back to what are some of those like early steps that you took? So I think it's really important to like, I'm a writer personally, whether, Mm -hmm. whether if that's not your thing, I guess it's, if it's talking to other people, like you got to get your ideas out of your head somehow. Absolutely. Um, It's very important. I think to, to, to get them again, whether it's on paper, record yourself. I don't, I don't care what it is for you. Just having them swirl up in your head can just feel a little chaotic and heavy and you got to get organized. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest for somebody trying out again, just um, put some pen to paper and then, you know, printing out that, that blank business template was really cool because it asked me a billion and one questions and probably to this day, I could look at that thing and not have an answer for all those questions. And you don't have to, that's part mm-hmm. of the journey, but, um, just really bringing it to life through answering those questions and like, and allowing your brain to open up and your imagination to like, you know, explore and, and again, just bring it to life in some manner. I, w- I would say that that's really important. And then in hindsight, something I wish I did more of because I worked in the service industry, right? We, we both have. And so right. 
I was on the customer service side. I felt like I had a lot of expertise there, but I did not have enough expertise on the kitchen and the food prep side. Mm. And what so you're, were you doing, especially when you started, like creating all those systems for how things were going to be cooked when they needed to be prepped? Were you doing all of that or did the partners help you at all with that? I did all of that. Oh, wow. I, I had somebody that was very helpful, uh, my friend Michael Diaz, and he was an absolute godsend. Um, because when I tell you, like, living on a prayer, like, I mean, even at our grand opening was, I did not have all my ducks in line. Mm-hmm. I just, it was, it was just so. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> it was so much more than I could have ever read in a textbook. I could have ever prepared myself for um, mm-hmm. and I remember like down to the gun, like they were like, do we open the doors? There's the line. Do we open the doors? And we, it was sink or swim. And like, I mean, we maybe treaded water, like, but we did it. I don't know. And so nonetheless, to this day, I'm still figuring out how to set up all those systems and those operations, recipe, right? Like test those things. Um, yeah. it's well, like, still you know- big learning curve. <laughs> I think you're, I mean, I definitely am like this. I can tell from what you're saying, you're also like this, but I think we can always continuously improve. So even the systems you had in the beginning, I'm sure as your business changes or as you understand your customers more, there's, you can always improve. Like you can always, always get better. 100%. And you find that like every it's almost like even six months or like even once a year, you want to like reapproach all of your operations and say, mm-hmm. is this working? Like, could this, could this be refined? Could this be improved in some way? And, and like, I mean, we could do that in our own lives, right? Like, like just yeah, really and asking yourself, like, is the way I'm operating really working for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in tr- what did they say in it? recognition of the new year or something like that we can that's a that's a good thing to for everybody to just have a conversation with themselves in the mirror about that yeah absolutely um all right so give us some like business hard fact timelines like you write your business plan you already had your investors because they were did you have to like formally pitch them and stuff so i no <laughs> because <laughs> I was blessed enough to have such a good relationship with them and I, over from personal training um, them, I, I probably personal trained with them for about two years. So I had already formed such a relationship and shown them that in a business setting, you know, I could perform and I was reliable, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so they knew that about me already. And that's why, you know, when we really came together on this, I didn't pitch them. It was, it was genuinely me on a, at a July 3rd barbecue. I like to think it was like the day the stars aligned. Um, and it's a really beautiful story, but I had written my business plan up my, my blank business template. I filled that in in June. Mm -hmm. And then in July 3rd, I was at their house at a barbecue and we were just shooting, you know, shooting the shit. And they were just like, what are you up to? I'm like, you know, still bartending. But I was like, I actually just wrote up a business plan. I, I think I'm going to open a smoothie shop or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) And my, partner gv was like eyes opened wide like excuse me and he was like skylar go get the menus which is his wife and he had been collecting menus from all these health food cafes oh wow 
And he had said, he was like, I think this is such a great idea. We love this kind of stuff. We just don't have the expertise to like, that. it's not our jam around here. Like he's mm-hmm. a construction guy. And he's like, it's just, it's not for me, but I thought it'd be a great idea to open up one around here. How the That's amazing. Line. Yes. Yeah. So basically like you're saying, once you put it into action and started making it a real thing in your mind is like when it actually came through. Yeah, a hundred percent. And no doubt, like when I look back in hindsight, I had been, I think that was the buildup. Uh, like I was, I was on this really beautiful transformative journey for a while there. Um, and I, you know, what it, it like, it all, st- it stemmed from, you know, after college, I, I, I had a, a breakup and I finally just like kind of found myself again. And I really mm-hmm. made a point to be alone and to just like work on myself and dig deep and like do the dirty work and just like figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And part of that was, was remedy came out of it. Well, th- this juicery smoothie bar idea came out of it. And I was just really ready to, to like get my hands dirty on something that I could call my own and just start to really, um, actually I have a tattoo on my hip that says dare to live the life you have always dreamed for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, I was like ready for that. I was ready to like become the woman that I had always, the hero that I'd always imagined for myself. <laughs> kinda. And so, and sure enough, I, I think that when you do, when you put in that time and that work on yourself, and, and again, and then you put some pen to paper and you really bring it to life. It's, it's amazing how fast the universe can align for you and, and bring you what you want and deserve. And I think that was like the, you know, kind of that, that all just coming together for me. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I guess that leads me into my next question. Obviously your business is successful. You turn a profit every year. You've been doing this for five years. You've refined your systems. Um, your investors are happy, you're happy with it. So how do you define success for yourself? Because to me, I think success is so personal. Like what I think is success is probably not what you think. And then also I think we all hold ourselves to different, various different standards as well. Um, I think we also touched on this a little bit when you were talking about bodybuilding and you were saying like, I reached my peak figure. Right. And then you moved on to the next thing. Are you in a stage where you're like, I've conquered this or how do you define success for yourself? So, well, two part question. So I know it's a heavy um, question. (laughs) No, I, I, it's funny because like, I think maybe about like nine months ago, I felt really successful. Like I had felt mm-hmm. like I got to a, I'd reached a milestone or like I had finally gotten to a place that I had worked so hard to get to. And, yes. um, it was this beautiful feeling. And like, I just, um, like I, I had arrived is the way mm-hmm. I put it. And for me that the jet definition of that success really is to be, um, to have a balance of it all and to not let, like, no doubt you own a business, but most days it owns you. I will be honest. <laughs> and, um, so that's good without, feedback. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's right. Like right now, I'm in. Like I mean, look at look at me right now. I mean, I look like a hot hat. I'm just kidding. But did you work today? <laughs> yes, and it was. I, I'm in a stage where it owns me right now, and and there is there's an ebb and a flow to that. But mm-hmm. 
finding that balance with family life and well, part I should say personal, you know, work life integration, as they like to say, and just just finding that finding that balance to be able to shut it off and not let it own you. Um, that is, and then to just be able to get yourself back into balance too, and yeah. also not let your business define you, like. Cause there's mm-hmm. in, in the beginning, I just felt like remedy was like such a part of my soul that, you know, even like not so nice customers and stuff like that used to tear me apart. Like I would take it home. I would wear it for days. Um, and just being able to like, again, just, oh, it's almost like reclaim your identity and just like, like be uh, separate yourself a little bit from the brand. And I don't know. Um, right. Like it, it's your passion. I mean, I think it can be both things. Like it can be something you're extremely passionate about and you pour into mm-hmm. and then something you step away from, it doesn't define you. Like if it disappeared yeah. tomorrow, you would come up with something else, you know? Absolutely. That's it. And it's for me, it's like, it's like the bigger picture of life in general. Like your business is, it is, um, it's only a piece, it's only a piece of you. And I get, I think mm-hmm. like kind of being able to step back into that place. And I, like you said, not let it define you. That was, that felt like very successful to me is like, I got into a point where it just didn't, if I, it just didn't define me anymore. And, yeah. um, what's it called? There's a lot of power in that. And then the, I think the, what was the second, second piece we were talking about <laughs> within that? Um, I think it was about like mastering it. Like did it, did I feel like I. Do you feel like you mastered it? Yeah. Like (laughs) (laughs) do you have much to learn or do you feel like this stage of your life is carrying on? Is it a 20 year business? Is it a shorter business or that leads into franchising that leads into whatever it is for you? Obviously. I am at a, I'm at a phrase. I'm in a, 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 um, season right now that I, I've mm-hmm. just come to that with remedy. I'm not, I don't quite know what the future holds and, and I'm okay with that, which is really gotcha. nice. Actually, I have, I've kind of looked at the idea of um, franchising and mm-hmm. am I on board for multiple locations? Like, do I want to take it that big? Am I that person? Do I have that within me, within my personal life in the next few years? Yeah, that's um, another whole learning. Yeah. And for sure. And and then there's like, do I do I maybe face the thought of selling it? Or like, you know, is it sellable? Like there's mm. so many questions there. And so I'm kind of curious and I'm exploring like all the thoughts of just I don't know, being like a, a student of, you know, life and just all that fun stuff. So I'm answering yeah. all the questions, but I'm okay right now where I'm at with not having the answers and just kind of giving up the control a little bit. And I think that that ties into that success part where not letting it define me and just kind of getting, sitting back into a more relaxed position and, um, and allowing the universe to kind of have that control of where, which direction I'm meant to go in and, remedy might not go in that direction with me but we might walk together forward for years to come and do some big grand thing I don't know it's cool but um yeah I have to say just you know you're so uniquely self-aware where so many people are not and like so many business owners 
can't reflect or have like the ego to not want to reflect or whatever it is that blocks them. But I think just your practice of reflection and like being honest with yourself is so clear and probably benefits your business so much. Thank you. Yeah, the ego for me um, in 2022, it was something I recognized. And it was because I like, I think I saw it happen in a situation where somebody let their ego just like block them so hard. And I was like, that's what that is. And then it just made me reflect on where am I allowing my ego to step in too hard and like just not service me anymore. And, um, and I found that like one of my favorite places to be is actually a very vulnerable state because it's just, it's just speaking my truth. And like, you know, even recently I've had some really honest conversations with my partners, um, you know, just, uh, just, again, I'm a, I'm a letter writer. I'm a, I mean, I'm a writer and I, you know, I, I wrote a letter with them and, I let it, and there was multiple versions to it, you know, and um, it was more of a therapeutic uh, exercise in the beginning, but I just find that there is no more beautiful place to be than like when you're being your truest self to you, like you're Mm -hmm. living your most honest life and with, with everybody in it, you know, your, your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, your best friends, um, your partner, your business partners. It's just, uh, it's a really nice place to be. And there's just, I don't think there's like room for ego in all those situations. And we're meant to live multiple lives within our life and wherever that. I think that's true too, especially of our generation, like maybe not the generation before us, but this generation is definitely, we're doing multiple jobs. We're, we're like, I don't know, I guess you'd say like multi hyphenate or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I think I think all of us like work on our our whole selves now a little bit differently. Hundred percent, and we're always willing to like I think um, reinvent ourselves. And, and some people are a little bit, no doubt. There's you have to be able to you have to be aware when you're actually like you're quitting and you're giving up on something just because you feel like yeah because it's hard. And How do you know? How do you think you know? Well, so I've even in this last year <laughs> asked myself that like, are you? are you potentially done with this because it's really hard or, mm. um, or you, or does it actually not like serve you anymore and align with you? And it's, um, there's not always a, you know, a clear answer to that, but, mm-hmm. um, for like, and I've had weeks where I've just had to tell myself like, just don't quit for today, just not for today. And then it's one yeah. day and to the next, to the next. But, um, yeah, who knows, but I'm, I'm all for reinventing yourself and that's where you just <laughs> have to be, um, you have to let go of the control enough to, to allow the universe to kind of steer you one direction or the other. Yeah, absolutely. How do you find inspiration or, or motivation on, on bad days or long days? So like more recently with remedy, I've kind of gone back to the drawing board Mm. now that we are like, I will say when, so when you start out a business and you sit down and you, you fill out that blank business template, it'll ask you, you know, what's your mission? What are your ethos? What are your goals here? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I really don't think like one knows that in the beginning, or you might have some kind of idea, but like, it certainly changes, especially as you guys evolve. And, um, yeah, it's dynamic. hundred percent. Sure. And so I've kind of been, I've kind of gone back to the drawing board and been like, all right, where with, you know, with, with all of our growth, like, what do you think is practical? And like, where do we really see this going forward? So, excuse me. Um, 
that's been a little bit of, that's been a lot of my motivation uh, on a daily basis that gets me through the harder days is, um, kind of our mission and, like I'll even look at like reviews a little bit and I'll look at like the good ones and um, just the ones I that love that really sweet. And they're like, you know, they, they say something like really genuine. Fine. Yeah. And like, um, or like that pulls me out of my head a little bit about, um, I don't know, whatever it may be. It's just, I'm like, Oh wow. That's why, that's why I'm doing this. And I that- love that you look at the reviews. <laughs> that is so sweet and nice and honestly like I just had an interaction recently at a Trader Joe's with one of the employees there where he was literally the nicest person alive he was so sweet and it motivated me so much I never write reviews I don't like have a Yelp account or whatever it is um but it motivated me so much to like go home because I was like that guy and his boss and his boss's boss needs to know like how sweet he was um, like how amazing his customer service was. And I think more people should read, re- like should leave reviews and um, give their opinions. Cause I do think somebody's reading it. Like it does matter. A hundred Especially when it's positive. The negative yeah. reviews, like maybe they could scale back on those. <laughs> right. So that's in the, we, I've been doing like weekly meetings with my staff um, and, mm-hmm. and talking, like I'm trying to help them understand as, you know, a lot of them are teenagers and they they can lack some awareness for how they present themselves and speak yeah definitely they're young yeah and so I love I love like teaching them and um, molding them into these like great little customer service beings because they all have it within them they just need to have awareness and so I say to them like you know whether it's Trader Joe's um, Apple like there's there's a lot of brands out there that do really good customer service training and um, it just leaves such a lasting impression on you. It's like, it's so, it fills you up. And um, and it's part of your brand too. It totally is. So like more recently, like I have a sign in the store that sells, um, like don't sell a product, sell the experience. And, and it's so true. It's, I say to them, like, I'm like, guys, and like the most difficult customers are the ones like the most needy customers need our attention the most. And like, those mm-hmm. are the ones that you, again, don't let your ego get in the way. It's not personal. Just like kill them with kindness. Like whatever they need from you, you give it to them and you go that extra mile. But, um, it really, it, there's, I, it, I, I try to make a point, like, especially when I have a great experience to leave a good review. And if I have a bad experience, I usually, I will, if I, if I do, I'll reach out directly like yeah 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 not publicly (laughs) yes like but um unfortunately there's a lot of keyboard cowboys out there as we Mm -hmm. like to call them um that love to hit you know the googles and the yelps with a bad review and it's just it's so disheartening because it's like you didn't even give me a chance to make it right you know (laughs) or like to make it better like i'm sorry but um yeah, nonetheless. And then I guess like to come circle back to your question originally about like what motivates me is um, I myself, I think I'm at like another transformative like pivot in life. Mm-hmm. I'm just really focusing a lot on me and self-love and being kind to myself on a daily basis and um, seeing myself kind of go through this transformation and like I'll, I'll see it when I handle certain situations in such a graceful way that I wouldn't have before. And I'm like, wow, like I like look at myself <laughs> like as I'm like my own hype girl. And um, that's the stuff that recently has been kind of inspiring. Like I feel like I am my own like inspiration recently. 
cool. I love that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, I will leave some details if you guys want to follow Justina below. Um, but if you are in the Wakefield or Massachusetts area, it's just outside of Boston, you should definitely visit her superfood cafe, Remedy Exchange. Justina, when are you guys open? We are open seven days a week. Ooh. Our, yeah. Uh-huh. So no excuses. Um, Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. through one, oh no, I'm sorry, 6.30 a.m. through 3.30 p.m. <laughs> and then on weekends, we are 8.30 to 1.30. So um, check our awesome. hours. If you're thinking of swinging by, we're right off, uh, we're at 93 and 95 intersect right off the highway. So, And I bet you guys have a pretty good chance of catching Justina. So if you have any questions for her, I bet she'll answer them for you. Absolutely. I'd be ha- it, nothing lights me up more than somebody when somebody comes in and they have a question about some ailment that they have and they need a remedy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank God I am here to help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Justina. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Rose. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to That's Her Business. I'm your host, Rosie Allen. If you want more information about Justina Langone and Remedy Exchange, I will leave her information down in the show notes. And if you are local living in Massachusetts, I highly suggest you stop by live in person to her store. Thank you and see you next week. <laughs>